Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Jaden Doy, CPA, President of Prestige Accounting Solutions. Jaden, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Well, this is a perfect time of year for you to be joining us and jumping on the podcast today. So thank you for taking the time. Um, one of the questions I had for you is, what is, you know, in your experience, what is one, like the number one mistake that you see law firms make with regards to taxes? That's a, I have a long list, but if I just had to choose one, I would definitely say not working with the right professional. And I'll tell you why. So in regards to tax planning, tax planning is a year round process. Most people that say they offer tax planning, all they do is say, okay, I estimate that you'll make 25% more next year. Here are your four vouchers. Talk to you next year. True tax planning is more relational. So ideally, the lawyer would talk to their CPA at least for between four to 12 times a year. And because their firm has fluctuations in income and those fluctuations in income affects directly affects their tax liability. So those tax liabilities need to be adjusted. And that that strategy that they set forth in January by July, if if they've already doubled income, then they need to readjust the strategy. I am so glad you pointed that out. So attorney entrepreneurs, if you're listening to this, if you've had your firm for a couple of years and you're constantly feeling like your firm is growing and you keep owing more and more and more on taxes every year <laughs> and you meet with your CPA and they tell you, okay, well, we should be fine for this year. But then when it comes to pay taxes, because your firm has grown, you're paying more in taxes and it's unexpected. So Jaden, how do you help solve that problem for your clients? So what we do is we take a more holistic approach to working with our clients. So coincidentally, we're working on two different strategies at the same time. Most CPAs are saying, okay, so we need to write off everything so you don't have a tax liability. So where we come different is we also want the business to be as profitable as possible because we want the, the firm owner to do exactly as you preach in a podcast, customize their own life and their own law firm. So if they want to take Fridays off, if they want to be like me and take a monthly vacation, then certain things need to be in place and the profit needs to be there to substantiate the owner being able to take that excess amount of time off. And so that is how we uh, we plan. We use a method actually called Profit First throughout the year with our clients to plan for their profitability. And they were giving them strategies when they feel down, they feel, oh, this is difficult. We give them strategies and prompts so that they can implement their practice to do that. But then we also say, okay, this is how this is going to affect your tax liability. And we, as those fluctuations happen throughout the year, we actually assist them, uh, assist them to make sure that they're on the same plan or create a new plan if necessary. So for a firm that's growing, how often do you recommend that they meet with their CPA? At a minimum, four times a year, every quarter, the last month of the quarter, preferably. 
Awesome. Awesome. And you mentioned increasing profitability and reducing tax liability. When you're looking at a law firm, and I know you do a lot of work with law firms, when you're working with a law firm, what are some of the first things that you look for as far as reducing liability and increasing profit? One thing that I'll look at is real estate. Coincidentally, one strategy that a lot of firms use is instead of leasing a space, they'll actually purchase a space. And when you own a commercial real estate property, there's something called cost segregation. That's a higher level uh, tax strategy that you can use. Let's see if I can give it a 30 second explanation. Long story short, traditionally with commercial real estate, it must be depreciated usually over 37.5 years, meaning you only expense a a small piece of it over 37.5 years. However, realistically, that everything in that building will not last 37.5 years. So when you work with a professional that specializes in cost segregation, they come in and they survey everything and they say, okay, there's actually property valued at 50,000 that's only gonna last seven years. So we're looking at cabinets, carpets, things of that nature. And so that exponentially speeds up the depreciation process and lowers your tax liability because it deducts from your taxable income. And oftentimes, actually, when you go into apply for loans, they can back out the depreciation because technically it's not a cash expense. And so that is a way where we can we can help uh, lower their tax liability. That's one thing I look for. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about that. And I appreciate you mentioned cost segregation. I want to take one step back though, because uh, a lot of times attorneys and law firms, they either don't know that they're better off purchasing a building than paying rent, or they're not sure when the right time is for them to purchase a building rather than paying rent. Can you just talk a little bit about what are the benefits of buying a building versus paying rent and when's a good time to do that? Oh, absolutely. So everyone's case is going to be a little different, as you know. But I would say once that firm has kind of stabilized, so once they started to shift from six to seven figures and they, they're they constantly having cases, they're marketing, they know that their marketing plan works, right? Because usually at six-figure mark, you're, you're doing a lot of testing. It's a lot of trial, trial and error. But once you have pretty much streamlined things, and, and we do a cost analysis over the, let's just say the next five years to look at what, what the, what the expense would be, the cash outflow, if you, if you rent versus what the, not only cash outflow, but what the tax benefit is if you purchase. And, and then we compare the two. Now I'll say this, as far as from a tax perspective is concerned, most cases that I've seen, it is way better to purchase than, than to rent. Now, as far as timing is concerned, that one is a hard question to answer. And I only say that because not only do does the numbers and their financials affect when, but then we also have to think about the real estate market. So is it a seller's market or is it a buyer's market? That also plays a part. During the pandemic, we saw a lot of people actually looking to get out of the commercial, whatever commercial real estate they had. So a lot of people took those opportunities to get great deals. But then the question remains, if most of the world is working virtually, 
does it make sense for you to work virtually or for your firm to be in the office? And that's where, you know, there's always a little, a little back and forth. I love that you bring that up. It is really nuanced. And attorney entrepreneurs, as you're listening to this, if it sounds complicated, it's because it is. There's a ton of variables that come into play. And Jaden, I love that you sit down with your clients and help them model that out and think through these things. That way, they don't have to go through this on their own. There's just there's way too much at play. Uh, there's way too much expertise that's required. And it's terrific that you jump in and help them with that. What are some of the other things that that you look at besides real estate when you when you're meeting with a new client? I look at the payroll expense. So specifically, I want to see the difference between officer compensation and then salaries for everyone else. And then if there's some employee benefits, oftentimes there can be very low cost employee benefits that is tax deductible that will actually help the firm because it, it makes them stand out amongst the competition and they're able to retain employees longer. So that and and also I want to make sure that there's something called reasonable compensation. So the IRS requires that as the owner of a corporate S corp or C corp, the owner pay themselves a reasonable compensation, which is a very vague term, <laughs> but we want to make sure that the owner is not paying themselves too little to where that would be a red flag or too much, and which can also be a red flag. Yeah. And Jaden, does that vary based on the entity that they've selected for their law firm? Or is that universal no matter what entity they've chosen? Whether it's a C-Corp or S-Corp, the IRS still uh, expects reasonable compensation. Okay. Yep. And what about a limited liability you know, partnership corporation? Mm-hmm. Well, if they're, a, if they're in a partnership, actually, a partnership technically does not pay the owners a salary, 1065 general partnership. So what they do is they get distributions. Now, what I've seen a lot of times, which is another strategy, is there's a general partnership, right? So this is ABC, uh, ABC LLC, okay? And then me, you, and our friend, we all have we all have our own PC or LLC, and those entities are the partners instead of us as individuals being the partners. Then from there, from, from my PC, I pay myself reasonable compensation. So from the draws that I get from the, from the umbrella, well, the partnership, then from my PC, I pay myself reasonable compensation. Awesome. And this is the conversation that I have as well. I, I have an S-Corp in my business that I have with my CPA all the time. How do I know what reasonable compensation is? It's all across the board. Okay. So... Let's see here. I I could talk about it for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, <laughs> but I'll condense it to maybe one or two. Thank okay. You. So there, there are a number of different factors that go into ca- calculating reasonable compensation. What you're doing in the business, how how many hours you're working in the business. So for for the first one, are you doing more admin work? Are you doing sales? Are you closing? Are you actually doing the billable work? Are you are you just reviewing the, your level of activity plays a part? How many hours are you working? Are you working 40 hours a week? Are you working 60 hours a week? Because once they annualize that amount, realistically, you cannot pay yourself less than minimum wage. That's just the reality of the situation. No one works for free. So hours actually does play a big part. 
Then we have what is everyone else making in the company? I spoke with an associate the other day and I said, this is interesting. You have someone that you pay over $90,000, but you're not paying yourself that. So something's not right here. You know, you're you're above them. So it's not reasonable that your role is above them. However, you get paid less. That doesn't make any sense. I tell my then clients we go, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> then we go into locality. So what is normal in your area? So a personal injury attorney in Atlanta, Georgia is most likely going to be higher than maybe Mobile, Alabama. Okay. Then we have years of experience. That also plays a part. And, and then national average. Got so, it. Number of different factors. As you can see, it's like a puzzle, but I love puzzles. You love puzzles. That's that's really, really cool. And I want to so we've talked a lot about some some tips and some strategies. We talked about real estate, we've talked about you know, paying oneself a reasonable salary. We can obviously get into retirement and all that, but I want to maybe shift the lens a little bit. And I want to hear a story from you, Jaden, about the impact that you have had in working with a firm. So maybe the situation about you know when you came in, why they brought you in, and then the result. Once you worked your magic, how did things change for the partners at that firm? Okay. I can give you a, a really good one. Awesome. I worked with a law firm owner who actually went through a business divorce. So they were a part of a three-man show and then like Beyonce went solo, okay? Things went solo. <laughs> so once they went solo, they only came with a few team members and then had to do some hiring. But as you know, some system, new systems had to be put in place. Some systems were not. One being the IOTA accounting. So they had actually, I was actually their third or fourth accountant that they had worked with because accounting for a law firm is very different than other businesses due to the complexity of the IOTA account. So I spent an enormous amount of hours <laughs> cleaning this IOTA account up. Okay. From there, help them create a, uh, a better system in, in their billing system, introduce them to a new software. Also, when it came to the how the real estate was treated as the business was divorced, my advice actually saved the client over $30,000 in taxes in regards to the real estate transaction alone. I also noticed that sales had been misappropriated because there's the accrual, meaning you invoice, but you haven't received it yet. And then there's cash sales. And unfortunately, that was not coded correctly. And so I found over $300,000 of, of sales that was misappropriated. So in finding that, I saved the client another $100,000 in income. I mean, in, in, tax li in tax liability. Then I noticed that I would, I would give them I would tell them certain things that they can do as far as systems are concerned, but they they were just having trouble trouble incorporating that into their into their actual firm because business had grown faster than they had actually anticipated. And so as we were talking about owner's compensation and retirement, I said, "Wait a minute, is your wife contributing the max to her plan?" 
And then from that conversation, we we developed a role for her to be in the firm. <clears throat> and now she's she works in the firm. So that salary to pay to her is a tax deduction on the business. The retirement they're putting into her account is is a tax deduction on the business. And little did they know, revenue actually increased 75%. I had to redo the whole tax plan in November (laughs) because because he hired his wife and she was doing everything that that I said to do. And next thing you know, revenue went up. That is phenomenal, Jaden. And so with that story, I mean, that's, that's a terrific story that I think a lot of attorney entrepreneurs listening to this would love to replicate in their firms. Tell us a little bit about your firm and the kinds of clients you like to work with. Absolutely. So Prestige Accounting Solutions, we specialize in helping law firm owners reach new heights and catch more flights. I believe personally that professional service providers need to re-energize, refresh every so often. I don't think that being behind the desk 60 hours a week, every week of the year is honestly effective. So what I what I do is I work with growing firms that are in the six and seven figure range that are passionate about not only growing their firm, but they're also passionate about being legal when it comes to the tax strategies, okay? Some people, you know, they have some 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 ideas that I say I'm not comfortable doing. Sure. I'm a certified public accountant, I can't do that. And so the the honestly, we once we onboard a client, we give them a, a couple of different plans. We give them the profit first plan, we give them a tax plan, and then there's a QuickBooks diagnostic that we usually do when we analyze their whole accounting system. So for those firm owners that are really looking for someone that is outside of the business, but can treat them with the respect as if they were a business partner, Prestige would definitely be the place to be. Fantastic, Jaden. And you know, you're you own a professional services firm just like our attorney entrepreneurs that are listening. And you deal with a lot of the same challenges that that they that they deal with and that we all deal with. One of the things that we talked about was you know leading and growing your team and how that's going. Tell me a little bit more about, about dealing with that challenge. Okay. So that has been I feel like that's something that's always going to be a conflict, right? So that's always something that I'm going to constantly have to work through. But early on, I realized that I used to hire people mainly for potential, okay? And I, I said, okay, this person is so great. They, they're doing so good in their interview. They seem like they're really good. They can really fit. But then, you know, after about 60 days, you realize, wait a minute, I'm looking at my profit and loss statement. I'm looking at the timesheets. It's just not adding up, right? So now what I've what I've had to do, one, get a leadership coach so that I can be a better leader, but two, really, really, really get deep into my project management system and set budgets for the different aspects of every matter, right? So let's say we have a monthly bookkeeping project. There's the data retrieval portion, there's the actual bookkeeping portion and reconciliation, and then there's the review portion. Each of these sections need to have a, so that I know that I can reach my profit margin. So that's something that I'm working on right now, in addition to learning new skills to be a better leader and have people motivated when, they, when they're when they working with me and not just 
you know, coming down on them as if I'm just a head chief and they're just my enemies, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's very insightful of you to be tackling it from both of those angles. One is the emotional element, the human element, which is where leadership comes in. And for those of you attorney entrepreneurs that are listening, especially when it comes to law firms and accounting firms where your employees matter so much, especially in this day and age, you know, investing some of your efforts into becoming a better leader so you can connect better with your employees is going to result directly in higher profits for your firm because you're going to retain them longer and you're going to attract people easier and they're going to uh, stay longer as well and be more productive. And you're also tackling it, Jaden, from the, from the dollars and cents standpoint when you're running a business. <laughs> You've got to make sure that people are not only productive, but they're also profitable. This is something we talk about all the time. I mentioned this to my clients. Look, this may be a little bit of a newsflash, but your team is there to work for you. That's what they're there to do. And so every person needs to be profitable. And I know for those of you that bill hourly, it's relatively easy to figure that out. For those of you that are on that, that bill more flat fees or contingency fees, it's harder but you still need to do it because you need to understand how profitable you are on every matter, on every project that you're working on. Jaden, I think it's awesome you've taken those things to heart. So given that, what are some of the things you're excited about, about the next year, year and a half for your firm? Well, this year, I actually want to put some things in place so that I can replicate my business model and open up offices in two more states next year. Awesome. That's great. So we're working on this year. Very nice. And just so we're clear, what states do you typically operate in or do you operate in every state? And there's only a few states where you can't. We can actually serve clients in all 50 states currently, but I also want to have a physical presence in in a few different cities. I'm big on networking. I love putting those business development hours when I'm tracking my time. <laughs> I love right. to see that I'm spending this much time on business development. So, and I, and I know the importance of building relationships. Sometimes Zoom can only do but so much, but when you really meet someone, when you shake their hand, you go out, you have coffee with them or you have a glass of wine with them, it really creates an environment to where you can grow that relationship to another level. So that's the goal with that. Oh, I love that. That is a whole nother conversation from today. So I look forward to talking with you again. And Jaden, if someone wants to reach you uh, or contact Prestige Accounting Solutions, what's the best way for them to do that? The easiest way would be to actually text CPA. So send a text with the word CPA to 21000. So text CPA to 21,000. They'll get my electronic business card. All of my information and ways to contact me will be there. I love it. I love it. Well, Jaden, thank you very much for joining the show today. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, 
We would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.